morning friends it's danielle gostelactinator here with another quick kind of bonus episode as you know i live in california and am a healthcare provider out here and our governor um i'm not making this about politics has put another restriction and lockdown for us just in time for the holidays yay um that was sarcastic yes i have quite uh the opinion on certain things just because I'm seeing so many of my colleagues work themselves to the bone and the suicide rate of nurses has drastically increased and it just breaks my heart to see so many of my friends in the hospital I used to work at uh, just beyond exhausted and emotionally fatigued and it is so disheartening um when you're in the medical field, granted, they are dealing with way more drastic things. I could never do ICU. Um, I mean, I'm lactation, so I deal with boobies, obviously. Um, but I'm watching friends of mine who work in a hospital just drowning and just devastated to see so many conflicting opinions about wearing masks, about social distancing, about how there are people who would by no means ever step foot into a hospital or be a health worker are claiming it's an issue with their rights, which is ridiculous in my opinion. This is a pandemic, which means it is everywhere. It is in all the countries. It has nothing to do with the state of California. It has nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with science. So I do urge you guys to kind of listen to that, but excuse me, I'm totally burping. Um, not making this political by any means. What I do want to talk about though is I have a few theories and maybe somebody out there listening would like to know my theories as to some ways that I feel could be explored to help treat COVID. Now let me put the disclaimer down. None of this that I'm about to disclose has been proven but I do think it would be awfully cool to examine it and I am going off of information that is current as of right now, um, which is December 8th, 2020. Um, obviously, you all know that I've had quite the year um, in regards to the health with my family. Um, I battle lupus, I have for 10 years. Uh, my eldest daughter, you've heard her story, how this time last year we were about to head to Connecticut for her surgery, and how my youngest daughter is dealing with Lord knows what they think now the latest is dystonia, but regardless, all of our immune systems are wackadoo, and that puts us at risk. However, what's interesting enough is that my rheumatologist happened to say that although it was believed that people with autoimmune disorders such as lupus would be at higher risk because we're immunocompromised, um, there was this big, you know, the big hoopla about hydroxychloroquine, aka Plaquenil, uh, in the early phases of the pandemic claiming that that is the magic drug that's going to treat all of this people first let me just say Plaquenil sucks like it is an unpleasant medication to be on and we with lupus need it because the point of it is actually an anti-malarial drug that brings down uh, your immune system so the so with lupus basically what happens is our immune system attacks itself so anything foreign any really anything that enters our bodies our body will recognize that and attack so it's basically allergic to itself it'll attack its own organs my skin my joints everything right so although my white cells are low my immune my immunity can be high so 
when you we that big rush happened, we were having trouble finding Plaquenil or hydroxychloroquine, whatever you want to call it, uh, because everyone was a mad rush to buy it. Well, let me tell you, if you do not have a immune compromised or an autoimmune disorder, that is going to put you at greater risk by taking that medication because it is lowering your immunity and lowering the capability of your immunity in your mite cells to fight. Plus, the side effects are awful, meaning constant headaches, diarrhea, cramps, fatigue, brain fog. It's just, it's not something that you just want to jump in. So I was super stoked to find out when that got debunked. At first, we're like, who knew that all of us would be the safest? Um, but I did talk to my rheumatologist about it at the time because I was like, okay, what's the deal here? Because people with lupus are getting conflicting information. You know, yes, we're supposedly at higher risk for COVID um, because we are immune compromised. However, statistically, people with lupus have not been getting COVID, which is unexplained. So one bonus, cool. Uh, whether or not that's true, I don't know. But as I mean, I certainly haven't had it. Most people that I know with lupus have not had it. Um, it just seems to be that for whatever reason, the way our immune system works, it's been able to fight it, but that we are more of an asymptomatic carrier. So we wouldn't necessarily have the symptoms, but could absolutely pass it on. So I, of course, asked her opinion on hydroxychloroquine and, and she had said, uh, that's crap. It's not going to work. But Remdesivir, um, which is an IV similar medication, has proven to be quite helpful. And so that is something that's promising. Now, I have said from the very beginning of this pandemic, I mean very beginning, that I feel blood type plays a role. I, I know that's been looked into, but I am telling you, I really do think that depending on what type of blood you have plays a role in how you will manifest this virus if contracted. Um, so to kind of put it into perspective, obviously genetics play a role. I have a super rare blood type. I'm B negative, which about 2% of the population have. So super rare. Oh, obviously that would be my case because we get all the weird stuff. Um, it just complicates the way my body deals with me. There's theories out there about with different blood types health. Certain foods will either help you or hurt you, cause more inflammation, less inflammation, etc. It also has some information about how certain medications are gonna work. So looking at blood type, I think would be an interesting factor to kind of decipher between who is more at risk and not. And that's just a matter of statistics. Now, I don't math, but statistics are one of those things that I feel uh, could really help this situation. So. I would be very interested to see, you know, being that O negative is the most universal type of blood and the most common, what are people with O neg, how are their symptoms compared to someone that's B negative, for example? Is there a rule to be said about how having a specific blood type correlates to the severity of your symptoms with COVID? So. Would love to see that study, someone, I'm a big old research nerd, would love to participate with whomever would like to do that with me. Um, and maybe somebody's listening that's going, oh, light bulb. Here's my second theory. Now keep in mind, this is a theory hypothesis of what I think would be interesting. Now, I have talked jokingly about how we just need to spray breast milk all over and it will absolutely cure COVID. Now we do know that there is one of the proteins in whey in breast milk has been shown to help treat COVID symptoms. Super rad, right? 
let me explain a little bit about how powerful breast milk can be. So the breast milk will change based on whatever is being absorbed into the breast. So for example, if the baby has a virus, it could be the common cold, flu, whatever, it's going to be apparent in their saliva that gets, when the baby latches on, the saliva absorbs into the breast through the nipples and our body will react to whatever that baby needs. So if the baby has a virus, our bodies are gonna predict, uh, create almost like an antidote to that specific. Our antibodies as mothers will get heightened and fight that for the baby. So basically when they go back to eat the next time, it will be basically a treatment for whatever they're fighting, which is one reason why breastfed babies rarely get sick or if they do, it does not last long. It also can compound with different proteins, fats, etc., which is why breast milk is always changing colors. So it got me thinking. We know that supposedly people with lupus are less likely to get this virus. We know that our bodies, as women, are able to produce breast milk. And when exposed to certain antigens in saliva, uh, from the baby, our bodies will react and create an, uh, an antidote to it. So here's my thought process. Could be wacky, but might be absolutely genius. If someone with lupus, like myself, were to induce lactation, meaning, which you can absolutely induce lactation, by the way, it's one of the things I do. I think it's super fascinating. Um, basically, it's inducing your lactation um, when you have not been pregnant. So I do this often for mothers who are having their babies born via surrogacy or if they are adopting their child and they want to breastfeed to create that bond. Um, I also do it a lot with lesbian families, also um, gay couples who want to chest feed, but primarily with lesbian families uh, if both moms would like to breastfeed, which genius, by the way, if you haven't listened to my podcast with the Cronquists, you have to. It's awesome. Also, a little shout out to Emma Morrow. Hello. Um, but the Cronquists, the, it was just fascinating to see how they've done their process. Really great. That was a rabbit trail. Okay, back to induced lactation. So I find that it might be, um, so, so stay with me here. You can induce lactation on anyone. I've done it even on a man, believe it or not, but that's a story for another day. Uh, I will put that story in my book. You can check it out then. That was my case study. I have, in fact, made a man lactate. Terrifies my husband on a daily. It's awesome. I kind of use that as bait. I'm not kidding. Anywho, if I were to induce lactation on someone with lupus and the COVID virus was placed on our nipples, and our body was absorbed into it, and the breast milk that made from that, could it possibly be an answer? Could it be an antidote? If someone with a hyperimmune system who's going to attack whatever comes its way has the superpower of breast milk and all the antigens, including the way that our, you know, the way proteins work, as well as the antibodies, etc., if it were specific to the COVID-19 vaccine, or sorry, well, maybe the vaccine, uh, virus, could it be possible that women and lactation consultants all over the world could save this pandemic? It is something that would be so out of the box thinking, which I always encourage healthcare providers to do, but it would be so out of the box that no one would ever think to do it. But how freaking cool would that be 
and I'm totally down to volunteer for it. It's a process. I understand that. Will it work? I don't know. But it, but why aren't we exploring some of these more out-of-the-box theories and listening to people who might have answers? We do know that breast milk can solve a lot of things. You know, we already know, you guys know the benefits as far as the basics of, you know, obesity, ear infections, diabetes, etc. Um, but... Sorry, that was our alert going on. Um, so specifically prostate cancer. Sorry about that. Okay, so we know that breast milk can actually weirdly take care of prostate cancer. This was a weird uh, situation that happened. A tech was in a lab was studying prostate cancer cells in a Petri dish, and she happened to be breastfeeding. Uh, obviously not breastfeeding in love. She was pumping her milk, and the milk happened to spill and landed on the petri dish that had the prostate cancer cells in it and the breast milk obliterated the cancer cells completely killed them what i always tease my husband i'm like dude if you get prostate cancer you are 100 percent having breast milk and not the fun way i would put it in a smoothie i don't know what i do put it in capsules what have you there's ways around it but the there's been studies that are starting to happen on that for uh ingesting it versus having it directly injected into the prostate um, I'm sorry, if breast milk has the power to kill cancer, why aren't we using its superpower to kill other things? If we have the ability to induce it and make it possible, why aren't we paying more attention to the science behind it? Obviously, I'm very pro-breast milk. I'm very pro-boobies. I, th there's a reason I'm called the lactinator, but I do think it's worth taking a visit and kind of seeing so this was just a quick little pop-on um, to see what would you say what would you think if you are a researcher out there and you think this could be something please reach out to me because as mamas and ladies if we could seriously make it rain like think about it we're saving the world one booby at a time I mean I really feel like this is something that we should pay attention to so to reiterate Let's pay attention to what our bodies are capable of doing. They're capable of healing themselves and we have resources. So yes, it would be specific. We would have to find women who have lupus, who are willing to lactate and willing to put COVID on their nipples. Weird, I know, sometimes uncomfortable, but I would be willing to do that. B, let's pay attention to our blood type. Let's make sure that that's not something that plays a role. If it's some, if what we're doing isn't working, let's think outside the box and work together as a country, as a world. It is so, I mean, y'all, we just, we just want to get back to normal. I know we are tired, we are exhausted, and we don't want to do this anymore. I feel for all of you moms who have had babies during this pandemic because it has to be just scary. But no, you guys are not alone. Um, you have a massive team, and hopefully these babies will grow up to get to know faces outside of masks. But in the meantime, I don't know about you, but I just want my kids to be able to go back to school. I would love to be able to go back to Disneyland. Frankly, I would just love to be able to see my family during the holidays, as I'm sure all of you do. And we're tired of this. And let me tell you, 
the stories I'm hearing from my past colleagues and coworkers of what they are dealing in a first-hand basis, it is gut-wrenching. And so for those of you who do not believe it's real, for those of you who are saying that this is fake or a hoax or being blown out of proportion, I urge you to sit back and think about the nurse or the healthcare worker who has been away from her family for hours on end, days on end, has to quarantine herself or himself, who has had to hold the hand of someone dying because they could not be near their family when it happened, who's had to FaceTime or Zoom in a family member to say goodbye, all because people are too selfish to wear a mask and social distance. I don't want to hear the information of how the virus is smaller than a pore of a mask. Let me put some light into that. The virus itself, if you were to look at it under a microscope, the size based onto the pore of the mask hole, yes, it is smaller. But the virus itself does not float like that. It has to be encapsulated by a droplet that is expressed through coughing or sneezing or bodily fluids. That is how it is traveled. The droplet cannot fit through the pore of a mask. So I urge you as humans alone, regardless of what your political feelings are or your religious feelings are or what country you're listening at this to, I urge you guys to look at each other as humans first and take the step of what it might need to protect the next generation. If we can't get out of our own way, this is never going to end. So, in the spirit of giving this holiday, take a week, two weeks. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't go out. That's why we have delivery you know, services. But for all of us working on the front line, for all the amazing first responders that I know that are breaking their back, the suicide rate of, of nurses right now, specifically in the ICU, is higher than it ever has been before because they're compassion fatigued out we can do something small if we just band together and put our faith and our pride aside and focus on at what's important so during this season think about someone else it's not going to kill you to put a mask on I promise you we've all been doing it for a very long time we will survive this if we stick together thanks for listening to my theories again this is Danielle Gostelactinator I would really love if anyone um, would like to talk or share their ideas with me, send me a message. You can follow me on Instagram at Danielle Goss IBCLC. Um, I'm also on TikTok as Lactation Nation Danielle G. You can always uh, look at our website at justbreastfeeding.com. And of course, thanks as always for listening. Have a wonderful holiday season. This is the Lactinator. See you next time.